Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Let's open with prayer, my heavenly Father. Father, I thank you for a spirit of grace over this meeting. Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. Let us only see Jesus. And I ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to 1 Peter 3, verse 1. The reason for these women for meeting, likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands that if any obey not the word, they may also without the word may be won by the conversation, that word is behavior of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Do you see? You don't even have to preach the husband the word. You just live it. That doesn't mean that God won't lead you to speak to him, but... God can do it without the word. Who adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair or the wearing of gold or putting on of apparel. But let it be, let your adorning be the hidden man of the heart. Let that be your adorning. And that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great price. And how are we going to get there? God is taking us there. God, through the Holy Ghost and through Jesus, is taking us there. He's the one that is making us the meek and the quiet spirit. Isn't that the wonderful thing? It is not a requirement of yours. All you do is let God lead you. God is the one that will put us there. And you know how it's going to happen? He's going to put Jesus in us. The meek and the quiet spirit of Jesus. That's how we're going to be meek and quiet. And you know what's wonderful about that meek and quiet spirit? When it's up against the devil, it is not meek and quiet. It is a warrior. And it gets things done. And that's what I love about God. And then when you have beaten the devil, you go back to being meek and quiet. All right, turn with me to John 10, 35. And this is Jesus speaking. If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, And the next verse, and the scripture cannot be broken. That is a wonderful thing. The scripture cannot be broken. And with that, go with me to Hebrews 6. And I'm going to go to verse 18. Inside this verse is a wonderful phrase. Verse 18, that by two immutable things. And this next phrase, in which it was impossible. For God to lie. It was impossible for God to lie. Titus says, God cannot lie. You got that? Put that down into the heart. God cannot lie. He can't. He does not have the capability of lying. Why? He's pure. 
He's pure and he's God. It is impossible, impossible for God to lie. So everything that God has told you absolutely is the truth. With that, go with me to Jeremiah 31. This God, this beautiful, wonderful, and the closer you get to him, the bigger he is. Not in size, but in power, in authority, in ability, in love. That God cannot lie. This is the God that stretched out the heavens like a curtain. And I used to teach space to my third graders. You can't find the end of space. And you know what happened? He stretched it out like a curtain. And he created the world through Jesus. Created the earth that you stand on, the clouds that you look at, the ground that you stand on, the mountains that you go visit. He made them through Jesus. And we think he can't bring us enough money to buy food. This is the God that stopped the world from spinning so Joshua could get a job done. That's your God, I hope. That is my God. My God's the one that when Joshua's in that war and God stopped the world from spinning, God started throwing stones down at the enemy. But more enemy died with the stones that God was throwing at him than Joshua fighting. That's my God. He's your God. My God kept Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from burning in the fire. Kept the flames off of them. That is my God. Is he your God? That's a good God to have. That is the God. That is the God above all gods. Oh, there are countries that worship other gods, but my God is the God above all gods. Far above all gods. Now, with that, Jeremiah 31, 31. This God, behold, the days come, saith the Lord. And this is God speaking. He said that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers, and the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. We know that was God. Jehovah, that's the one that brought Moses out. He said, the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. Although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts. Now, this is the God that cannot lie. This is the God that is impossible for him to lie. So the words you're reading are impossible not to be true. After those days, I will put my law in their inward parts and write them in their hearts. And I will be their God. Their God. And they shall be my people. He can't lie. He can't lie. The same God that Elijah asked to come down and he came down in the fire and he sucked up the sacrifice and he sucked up the wood and he sucked up the rocks and he sucked up the water and all that was left was a parched piece of ground. That's the God we're talking about. He is your God. I will put my law in their inner parts and write them in their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. You know that's talking about us too. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbors and every man his brother saying know the Lord for they shall all know me. All know me. Do you know that you can know God? Know him. 
Not only know him, stand in his presence and know you are in his presence. You know you can do that? By the blood of Jesus, you can do that. You can be in his absolute presence where you know you've got both his eyes looking at you. That is so much fun. It says, know me from the least of them. From the least of them. Not just the one that's standing at the pulpit. From the least of them. You know, I used to talk to God sitting on a doghouse when I was about this big. And you know what? I know he heard me. From the least of them to the greatest. You know why? Because God can't lie. These words cannot be false. God cannot lie. Say it the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity. And I will. I will. This is a God that cannot lie. I will remember their sins no more. Do you know that? Do you know God cannot lie? He said, I will remember their sins no more. You know, once you get your sins forgiven, God forgets them. He forgets. You know, he's God. You know, he can. Do you know he has enough power? He can forget them. So when he looks at you, he is not reminded of what you did. That's what that covenant did. That's what the covenant that Jesus brought did. The sins are forgotten. Forgotten. Well, how come they keep coming up? It's not God that's reminding you of them. If you have gotten your sins under that blood, and you can do that today, if you have gotten your sins under that blood, they are forgotten. And the only one that's going to bring them up is the devil. Now, God may have to justify you from something, deliver you from something, but your sins are forgotten. Forgotten. And God cannot lie. Now, let's go to Ephesians 5. We are talking about the Holy Ghost. And today we're going to talk about this verse. Because I remember when I first heard this, and before I came to Water of Life, they were all talking about the Holy Ghost and, you know, all the things that that the Holy Ghost does and all that kind of stuff. And, And I was one of those kids. I mean, ask my dad. I was always, why? Why? How? When? Where? I was always one with a lot of questions. And I remember more than one occasion, my dad looking up. And the day he came to me and he said, Kathy, I understand you like to see how everything works, but please don't take it apart if it's working. Because then I couldn't get it back put together. All right, now, Ephesians 5, verse 18. And be not drunk with wine, where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. Do you see this is in the Word of God? This is in Ephesians. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Ephesians. Now, why would the Apostle Paul write to the Ephesians and say, be filled with the Spirit if you don't need the Holy Ghost? Right here, this is a command. Do you see this command? Be filled with the Spirit. That is the Apostle Paul speaking by the Holy Ghost to us instruction. Be filled with the Spirit. Well, how are you going to be filled with the Spirit if you don't have him? 
You got to have them. Do you know that that Holy Ghost, that Spirit of God, I, I love it. And I love the way Smith Wigglesworth says it. You can't go to the epistles. You can't go to Romans and 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians and Galatians and Ephesians and Colossians and Philippians. You can't go to those until you get through the book of Acts. You know what happened in the book of Acts? They got baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know why some of you don't understand and don't even want to look at 1 and 2 Corinthians? Because you don't have the baptism in the Holy Ghost. You can't understand them until you get it. And then when you get it, that Holy Ghost that you get will teach you 1 and 2 Corinthians and Galatians and Ephesians and Colossians. That's who your teacher is. Now, it says, be not drunk with wine where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So my first question was, how? How? And what do you mean by being filled with the Spirit? How do you know you're filled with the Spirit? What do you know? What do you do when you're filled with the Spirit? Turn with me, and we're going to go in a slightly kind of crazy way for some people, but not for the Spirit of God. Go with me to Acts 10. We're going to see how to get in the Spirit and what happens in the Spirit, and we're going to find one of the secrets, if you want to call it that, one of the principles of how to get there. I'm going to show you today how to get in the Spirit and be filled with it. If you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, you have the Holy Ghost in you. He is in you. We've already discussed that. But to be filled is to bring it up to where you're walking it. You know, you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You can speak in tongues, and you can be deader than a doornail. You can absolutely be deader than a doornail. And I'll tell you this. Before we start in this, you're going to need two things. Before you get into this, you're going to need your faith. You know, I have to say this, folks. It is written, the just shall live by faith. And it says in Hebrews, you can't even please God without faith. It takes faith. You're going to have to use your faith. You're going to have to work at it. It's going to take a will. It's going to take deciding to do it. It has to take faith. And the other thing is you're going to need, you're going to need a mouth. You're going to need to open your mouth. The Holy Ghost speaks, and he's going to need a mouth to speak. Those that sit there like this aren't going to move too far. All right? And for those of you on radio, I just stood there with my arms up and didn't say a word. Now, I want you to go to verse 44 in Acts 10. We're going to take a look at this. While Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. So right here, we got the Holy Ghost falling on them. It says, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter. Because that on the Gentiles, a Gentile is anyone that is not a Jew. On the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Do you know that Cornelius and the people that were there, they didn't even know a Holy Ghost existed? They had heard nothing. And yet the Holy Ghost falls on them and they start speaking in tongues. Isn't that wonderful? Now, I want us to go to verse 37 in this same chapter. And we're going to find out why. Why the Holy Ghost fell on these people. They didn't even know about him. Why he fell on them. And I'm going to begin verse 37. That word I say you know, which was published through all Judea. From Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Look here. How? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed to the devil for God was with them. 
And we are witnesses of all these things, which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. And here it is, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. There's your gospel. Whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Whom God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he was risen from the dead. What was Peter preaching here that the Holy Ghost fell on those people? Was he preaching the Holy Ghost? No. He was preaching the gospel. He was preaching the gospel. He was preaching the death burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And while he was preaching the death, burial, and resurrection, that's when the Holy Ghost showed up. That's when the Holy Ghost showed up. And they were filled, filled with him. So filled with that Holy Spirit that they opened their mouth and out came tongues. And they didn't even know that that existed. That is the power of God. That is what the Holy Ghost can do. But what brought it about? The preaching of the gospel. Turn with me to Mark 16, verse 15. And this is Jesus speaking. Jesus said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Preach. What? Preach the gospel to every creature. And it says, And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Believe what? Believe the gospel. Believe the gospel. And what's the first sign? In my name they shall cast out devils. You know that Jesus, when he was on this earth, could do nothing of himself. He says that over and over again in the book of John. Couldn't do a thing. Who was casting out the devils through Jesus? The Father, through the Holy Ghost. Through the Holy Ghost. Matthew 12, 28. Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, if I, by the Spirit of God, cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Do you see what Jesus used? He used the Spirit of God. Who is the Spirit of God? That's the Holy Ghost. Jesus needed the Holy Ghost. Don't you think we do? Jesus walked in the Holy Ghost. He cast out devils by the Holy Ghost. He healed the sick by the Holy Ghost. He raised the dead by the Holy Ghost. And right here, it says, These signs will follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. We know that is the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay their hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That is all done through the Holy Ghost. So why are all these signs showing up? Because they preached the what? They preached the gospel. They preached the gospel. With that, go with me to John 16. We're going to look at this verse again. I'm going to drill it into you. John 16, verse 13. Jesus speaking. Our Jesus, our Savior. He says, albeit when he, the Spirit of truth, and that's the Holy Ghost, that's the Holy Spirit, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he hear, that shall he speak. You see when I said he's the telephone? He's the transmitter. He said, he shall not speak of himself. What does he do? He said, he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he hears, he hears, he will show it unto you. That shall he speak. 
So when we get together and sing sweet Holy Spirit, we missed it. When we ask for the Holy Ghost to come, we missed it. When does he show up? With the gospel. With the gospel. It says in that next line, it says, he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. Remember, he only tells you what he's hearing. He's the transmitter. And he transmits Jesus. And he only glorifies Jesus. For he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. The Holy Ghost only glorifies Jesus. So how do we get in the spirit? We believe. We speak. We sing. We do anything about the gospel and Jesus. And guess who will show up? Guess who will come up? is better put. Guess who comes up? I remember the day when I was here very early. I came here in 1984. I started feeling that anointing. I was starting to walk in it. It was starting to show up a little bit more than at my house with the loan. And then one day I was deader than a doornail. I couldn't get it to work. I couldn't get the feeling. I couldn't get that anointing. I couldn't do it. And I felt so dead. I tell you what, Being in the Spirit, being full of the Holy Ghost, there is nothing like it. There is no drug. There is no drink. There is nothing like being in the power of the Holy Ghost. There is nothing, and we'll see that later on. But that disappeared. It went away, and I couldn't figure out what's wrong with me. What did I do wrong? What am I saying? You know, what? what, it's just gone. And I remember one day I was reading, and the reading wasn't working very well either. I read where blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, sat by the wayside begging. And when he heard that Jesus was coming, he started hollering, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what I started doing? I turned into blind Bartimaeus. I was doing housework that day, and every place I walked, Jesus, notice, not Holy Ghost. I didn't call on the Holy Ghost. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I'm vacuuming the living room. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I'm changing diapers. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I'm making the beds. I'm doing the laundry. I'm doing everything in that house. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what? I started feeling it. I started feeling it. Oh, that was so good. That was so good. And then I felt guilty. Am I allowed to do that? Am I allowed to make it happen? I mean, I seriously, I didn't know. I thought, what if I'm being prideful here? And I went to Doyle. And I said, you know, Doyle, is this okay? I can make it happen. He even noticed when I walked in, and he said, I see you've overcome. I said, yes, but, but, and and, you know how we are, we're so nervous. And so, is that, was that okay? And he gave me Isaiah, where you draw from the wells of salvation. Do you know you can make the Holy Ghost come up? That's what it means by being filled. It's a work of your will. Sorry, folks, it's going to take some effort. You have to use some effort, and you can draw it up. It's in there. It may be way down in there, but it's in there. If you can speak in tongues, it's in there. But you have to draw it up. Now, how did they draw it up in Acts? They preached the gospel. 
How did they draw it up in Mark 16? They preached the gospel. So what did I do? I preached myself the gospel. I preached myself the gospel. And that will pull it up. I preached the gospel about me. Father, I thank you that Jesus died for me. I thank you he bore my iniquity. I thank you he bore my poverty for me. I thank you he took the stripes and by his stripes I'm healed. I preach it. I told you I have one sanctified chest of drawers at home because there was a mirror on top and I'd preach me the gospel. And I do it until I bring it up. You know, their days are easy and there are days it takes calories to get it up. It burns the calories, folks, but you bring it up. It's the gospel. Like I said before, the Holy Ghost did not die for you. The Holy Ghost did not carry your sins. The Holy Ghost did not love you and lay down his life for you. The Holy Ghost did not leave heaven being equal with God and come down here and die for you. The Holy Ghost didn't do that. So why do we have the Holy Ghost? Because Jesus didn't want to leave you alone. Jesus said, I'm going to send the comforter. While I'm up taking care of you in heaven, I'm sending the spirit of God. He's going to be in you and he's going to be your comforter. He's going to be your teacher. He's going to be your telephone. He's going to tell you what God and Jesus are speaking at that very moment. He leads you and guides you. That's the Holy Ghost. Why would you not want that? Why would you not want the comforter? Why would you not want when things are tough? He always has the right words to say. And he always leads you to the right place in the Bible. And he always brings about everything that you need in your darkest hour. That's what he was sent to do. And you know, he couldn't come until Jesus died for you on the cross. He couldn't even come. Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away so I can send him to you. And you know what? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't take the Holy Ghost from the earth. That word in John says the Holy Ghost is with us forever. Forever. He is with you forever. Do you know when we're in heaven, he will still be with us. He is with you forever. He never left the earth. You know what? If when he does, we'll be going with him. Thank God. Now, to get that Holy Ghost, to get the comforter, to get what Jesus bought for you on the cross, you have to be born again first. You have to be. John 3, 16, Jesus said, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that if you believe in him, you will not perish but have everlasting life. And earlier in that chapter, Jesus said, You must be born again. You must. It has nothing to do with what religion you are. It has nothing to do with what denomination you are in. This is the word of God. This is Jesus speaking. And if you call yourself a Christian, you have to do the words of Jesus. And Jesus said, you must, you must be born again. How do you do that? You're going to ask Jesus in your heart, do it with me. Jesus, Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Be my shepherd. Show me your gospel, your power. I believe you were raised from the dead. Thank you.
And I ask this in your name, amen. You know, he will never turn that prayer down. Never. Those that call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And God doesn't lie. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.